everyone, I'm Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. And this is Just Ride, a new cycling podcast from Red Bull. Let's go. I would say the greatest line I've ever delivered for, for timing. And I said, how does Danny Hart sit down with balls that big? <laughs> Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Yeah, right. Is it too hot? Okay. Too hot to handle okay. for a podcast. I would have never thought I would feel that emotion on the other side of the tape. No, that's right. Exactly. And isn't it bloody nice? Yeah. You do. Hello and welcome. I've gone extra big on it because it's the last one of the year. This is officially the last just ride of 2023. It's so special, we haven't even got a guest. It's just me and you, Elliot. Rob Warner, Elliot Jackson. It's us two. I can't wait. This is going to be amazing. Should be all right, shouldn't it? Yeah. So... Just to give everyone, we've had a lot of guests, just to give everyone a little bit of context, Rob and I come from downhill mountain biking. We both had a decent, decently long careers, decently good, Rob, maybe a little bit. It dragged on at least a decade (laughs) past its its sell-by date, but don't worry about it. I got paid. We're going to get into everything. You're going to hear all about our careers in downhill mountain biking our careers as Red Bull TV commentators, hosts, and um, this should be great. We've had this amazing run of 11 episodes of this podcast. I'm so glad that we got to do it together. Had to twist your arm a little bit, but Um, it's been super fun. uh, Yeah, I wasn't... wasn't In the greatest frame of mind at the start of the series, shall we say. But listen, a lot of people, you know, we've only really fired questions off to our guests here. Why don't you tell people who I am and I tell people who you are? Okay, you going first? No. I want you to set the template. Okay. I need to know. I need all to right. yeah, do all this. All right. How do I do this? I need to big this up. Welcome, everyone. We've got Rob Warner, Sir Rob Warner. Lord. Oh, sorry. Lord Rob Warner. He is a World Cup downhill winner. He is one of the best British athletes <gasps> of his era. And then, um, <laughs> pushing it. <laughs> he was a downhill mountain bike racer. He's got. He's been on the podium. I'll, I don't. I won't tell you what his best result is. I'm sure he'll tell you about that later. But he's also the voice of mountain biking. He also, you know him in your ears from Freecaster, from his viral videos of commentary. You know him from Red Bull TV. You know him from X Fighters. You know him from Hardline. Mm. This, we have Rob Warner. He's, uh, he is going to be the guest on the show. That was strong. (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to, how am I going to match that? Oh my God. <laughs> right. Uh, so, Joy, I'm going to try and do it in the same way. I'm joined by Elliot Jackson, all the way from Los Angeles, pretty much. True. One of the America's better, <laughs> top even, schoolboy motocross riders. Oh, yeah. Got cool. himself a ride on Team Green and then moved into mountain biking and had a Decent career. <laughs> Didn't win a World Cup. Did you get on a podium? Okay, what move you... on, move and, on. And then, <laughs> ended up, we ended up commentating together. And that's the best bit because Elliot actually is an amazing co-commentator. You're a genius to have alongside, mate. The minute you told me that you taught yourself how to code, I was like, I can't fail here. <laughs> so, boom, we're off. And we've had... we. I love working with you, mate. I love working. Likewise. And that that is all I need to say. Actually, you're you're amazing at what you do. And thank you for making my life so much easier. No worries. I will carry you on my back. Now you're going to make it much harder, aren't you? You're going to ask me some questions. Okay. Okay. So the first question I have for you is, do you remember where we met? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Go on. You were riding for Yeti. Okay. Damien was your mechanic. Team manager, but yeah. Team manager, and he had a brilliant idea that I didn't run with. 
Oh do you my remember? God. Do you remember? You told me this story. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if we can so, uh, recall so, it here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, so it but that's was, when I first met you. So what year would that have been? Yeah, so it was two thousand. Yeah, maybe twelve. No way. Yeah, it was the right time. So I was I was racing World Cup downhill World Cups. You were commentating. I had qualified really well. And, that's right. Um, that's right. Which race was it? Do you know? Mount Saint Anne. Yeah. Never. And so, like, it was a big deal for me because um, you, being the good commentator you are, you would go around and get some info or whatever. And I saw Rob Warner coming up. He's coming to talk to me. I was like, "What's this? <laughs> What's this guy coming up He's to in talk the top to me?" Top twenty. Oh, I better right? find some yeah, shit yeah, out yeah. on Elliot. He's like, uh, "Hey, um, <laughs> yeah, how how was how was the run? Yeah, all good." Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I can't remember I can't remember the info you got, but I remember just being like, okay, I better do good cuz Rob Warner's going to commentate <laughs> my run and everything. But it is it's it is funny like at what point did you realize that you needed to start like getting info like that? Because now that I'm commentating, like now that I'm commentating and and we're commentating together, You've been like this amazing mentor to me and like oh, I kind thanks. of yeah, it's it's true, but I, I kind of just like picked up stuff like that. But Well, and, and in you know, I started as an expert, if you like, rather yeah. than being the host on X Files, and I learned most of my trade off Ed Lee. Right. So you do. I mean, it's part of the job, right? You're working closely with someone, you yeah, you do you do kind of learn as you go. It's cool, isn't it? Do you remember um like worst moment of commentary? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to bring it up here. Though. <laughs> really? It was quite bad. I okay. Let's just say that years ago, I was very late for a commentary on the freecaster days, as I would be, yeah. as I normally yeah, am, uh-huh. as as you know, as 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 it is. And we were pretty loose in those days. And I was hungover, and I was walking towards the commentary box, and it was a long time ago because a long time ago, we've got that, but it was a while ago. It was a while ago, <laughs> and as I was walking in, Danny Hart's dad, Paul Hart. Uh-huh. A mate of mine. Yeah, Danny, Danny Hart, world champion, downhill exactly. racer. Exactly, the man who dude. smashed Champry in 2011 by, yeah. was it 12 seconds? The greatest world championship run of all time. Okay, well, wait, we have to take a little tangent there because that run, Danny Hart's uh, Champry run 2011, like, went viral. That might be the greatest commentary moment. <laughs> <laughs> but as you said, it, it definitely isn't the greatest commentary moment. But at that point in time, yeah. it was... I mean, me and Nigel were drunk, <laughs> very drunk, and we in that in that part in that time that commentary almost did fit that yeah. race run. Well, if I'm honest, when you listen to it now, it's actually insane. Well, I think it it it, it kind of holds up because um, you wouldn't have understood from the outside how gnarly that run was. That's right. If you guys hadn't wasn't wasn't just going wild, yeah. right? Like it, it wasn't a run that you would be like. Oh, and Danny Hart, he slips on a route or something. No, like that's that. right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know if we had to get into it quite as much as we did. <laughs> but when it wasn't 12, I think it was eight. I think 12 was Kvarik actually in, in, in Fort William, or it might have even been more 14. Yeah, something. But yeah, I think yeah. it was eight. Anyway, it was, we, we had this, we lit the run up with our commentary as we did. And afterwards, I delivered the, I would say, the greatest line I've ever delivered for, for timing. And I said, he just won't work, become world champion by eight seconds. And I and there was a bit of a pause and I said, how does Danny Hart sit down with balls that big? <laughs> and the best bit about that was because that comment also went viral and I got a mention on Twitter from Lance Armstrong. No way. Saying, has anyone heard no this commentator? Way. And he quoted that line. Actually, yeah, Lance Armstrong did. Wow. That's so no sick. Yeah, actually. Well, the funny one, it just happened uh, a little bit ago. There's these two two brothers who do these like voiceovers for comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did, they reenacted your run. That's Shep's right. mates or something. Shep's mates. That's yeah. right. I think they're Australian. I've never, yeah, 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 yeah. they do a lot. But I brilliant. follow them and, and they do like all these amazing like commentary, like, moments in history like yeah that's football, right that's so it's an honor like, like it's cool to get mountain to, for them to find yeah. that mountain biking clip amongst all the mainstream sports it must have gone pretty big eh? yeah yeah yeah. and they did a sure. brilliant job with it yeah so what's your i mean 
you didn't, you weren't part of Freecaster and, and you came in a bit later with Red Bull, but we've done a lot of commentaries yeah. together, very good commentaries together. What what would be your, any standout to you? Yeah, so like best and worst moment, I guess, so far. Um, the, well, even the first, the first moment, I look back and I'm like, oh, bless my heart, because it was Lords and, no, 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 sorry, Leger, Leger 21, um, and I had gotten the call up. I had done a couple of Crankworks commentaries. So it was Crankworks downhill or like mountain bike festival. And it's big, but it's not World Cup big. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I think I've got this. I came. I, you know, I, I've ridden there. I was like all good. Talked to everyone. Walked the track. And I was like, oh, no, no stress. And I remember you were like, uh, you want to do a little bit of practice in qualifying? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know why I need to, <laughs> but man, I guess, you know, and so we start doing commentary and you started off, you like, you had told me about like, okay, this is the roles, like, here's what's going to happen or whatever. And I remember like, it felt like to me, somebody came out of the starting line. I was like, <laughs> oh, here they go. Um, they little jump. And they've crossed the finish line. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what to talk about. Like, <laughs> you really? Yeah. Like, because I hadn't done any prep. Right. Like, like, I had, I knew my stuff, right? But I, there is, there's such a skill level to it. Like, there's a like, process to it. Totally. There's a process. To like, it. I, I've kind of developed this idea that um, I feel like as an expert, you're like the director of attention. And so I'm really like trying to direct the the audience's attention. Like, what are you supposed to be looking at in this moment? That's right. And I I wasn't doing like I just thought that you came in and you just talked about stuff, you know. Other teams do do it that way. Yeah. I try. We I like ours to be a bit better. Than <laughs> yeah. I like ours. I don't want to be reacting. I like to go in there with a massive knowledge base. Yeah. I put you know I. I mean, the World Cup required more well, more prep than anything else because there's such so many riders with yeah. so much history. Right. But to miss that out is a, to me was well a crime. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I always took care, really took care of the prep. I would say. Yeah. And I'm pretty pleased the way I did prepare for commentary. Oh, you know? for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I definitely took that from you. I think the two the two like standout moments was one of them was. Greg Menard's run at World Championships when he won. Oh, which which one? That was two thousand. That was twenty two, maybe twenty one. Yeah. Been oh, one. in Val de Sole. Yeah, 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 yeah. The last one of the. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, you probably didn't do the others with me, right? No. No, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Excuse that me. one was. That one was. I, I just, ridiculous. It was ridiculous. What's he doing? I don't at know. At that age, winning on no, that track or any track. No. I mean, and, and it was. I. It was it like was ludicrous. It, it felt uh, it felt good because we were just so biased, like we were just super biased about it, and it and it yeah. felt good. And so that one was that one was really nice. And um, also seeing Finn Isles win was really nice. To win in Canada, that was amazing, wasn't it? You know, to uh, Finn as a Canadian, yeah, to win his first World Cup at Mont Saint Anne, the legacy of Stevie Smith there. You know, the the famous the man who really. It really laid the path for all the other Canadian downhillers to follow, and we lost him in 2016. You know, mm -hmm. but like, yeah, it was, it was that was a really emotional commentary, and it came at the end of our World Cup commentaries as well. Yeah, yeah it yeah, did. Yeah. It, it. I was glad. Do you know what? I went so hard on that downhill in Mont Saint Anne last yeah. year on the last year, and I put everything in that the next day is the only time I've never. I really feel like I didn't do my job. I was so spent and probably a bit depressed actually because the World <laughs> Cups were running out fast. That I had nothing to say, and I, I yeah. did a really. I, I'll admit that I was not happy with my work right. at the Montana yeah. World Cup cross country last year. I was. I just. Yeah, I battled. I really yeah. battled. Yeah, but but we went mad the day before. So. We did. Yeah, yeah. So okay, zooming out, we could talk about commentary forever. Yeah, we can. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did. Um, what about bikes? Like the the thing I've always wondered is like how what what um what was Rob Warner like as a early racer? What was what? like the diamond in a rough Rob Warner like? And because tell me, just give me a little bit of a little bit of history. Like you're getting into the World Cups and st and stuff like that. Like you becoming a pro rider. 
Yeah, I can remember it well. I mean, I started briefly. I was did motorcycle trials from the age of four years old or rode motorcycles from the age of four and bicycles and what have you. And I had track bicycles and BMXs, but I never competed at BMX. I used to literally mess about in the pits behind my house and just like on trackers and scrap bikes. And motorcycle trials was my main goal. And I rode in motorcycle trials you know, at national level from the age of eight. Then mountain bikings came along and I remember getting my first one at the age of 14. I was at secondary school and me and my mate decided to ride the Ridgeway for charity 85 miles. It took us like six On days. On a mountain bike? They weren't even mountain. The early mountain bikes, it was muddy. We walked. We had these crap ever-ready lights. We couldn't see what we were doing because it was dark at four. miles. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it took us like days and days. Dad had to come and get us every night and then drive us back to the same spot the next. It was for charity, man. We hey, couldn't just, cheat. Just drive us a little bit further. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And then like that was, so that was my taste of mountain biking. Yeah. And, then, and then to walk, that was 84 I was 14 and then you know 89 I think I raced at Bicycle Expo I started to do a few mountain bike races I was still so involved in motorcycle trials it was my huh. life I was on the bike three or four hours a day I'd given up well I didn't really do much at school college was <laughs> I got kicked out so that only left me to ride my motorbike all day every day and then I got into mountain biking and I beat Hans Ray at a Bicycle Expo and I beat Jason McCroy in the Wait, ice race up who there. are these two? yeah well Jason McCroy <laughs> I was, know Hans Ray he was he was legend and also still tri- is. A trials that's rider. right and, and right yeah and he raced slalom and he was big he was a yeah. big big one of the biggest names in mountain yeah. biking and yeah, Jason McCroy yeah. unfortunately we also lost one of my best friends uh-huh. who who you know? Me and Petey came up under the under behind Jason. He was the one at the races first. Him and his dad travelled all those World Cups, and I used to watch him on Eurosport. And that is actually why I was like, this downhill mountain biking looks really? quite good. But huh. I remember watching him in a race in Norway or something, and thinking, yeah. I need a piece of that. Really? So I went to Worlds in ninety. I went to Nationals in ninety three because I needed to qualify for the World Championships right. at Malvern's. I clipped in. Yeah. It was a disaster. I couldn't go around the corners, but I still got ninth. I lied to the team manager. It was a bit easier. Then I told him I was a top-flight BMX racer. <laughs> you never One of the best. BMX. Never gone near a BMX oh my in my God. life racing it. And, um, and it was because we knew that Meta BA had a big BMX jump section. Oh, you did BMX, did you? Tim Flukes it was. I said, yeah, bloody good, mate. He goes, all right, we'll try you. So that was it. Me and Pete I Tompkins wish. drove out there. Chain came off on the first turn. I, st- I and I rolled down, but I went I went hard as as I could without pedaling and ended up 19th, which wasn't that good. Except John Tomac was 20th, so oh, yeah. Was, and I think I might have been. I was one of the top Brit finishers. I don't know. That's not but bad. Pete was out. He'd smashed his knee. It was his first Worlds as well. He cut his knee open, so he was out. And um, yeah, and that was good enough to get me a ride on MBUK in 1994. I had a budget of £4,000. And that was for you to buy all your flights. That's and, it. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. gave me a GT RTS, I believe I had, and yeah. then an LTS. I had nice bikes. Oh, yeah. And I went I went to, in 94, I went to Cap Die, qualified ninth, got a puncher. That was my first World Cup. Missed Germany because I crashed in practice and damaged my shoulder, and then went to to Mont St. Anne, the fabled, yeah. legendary Mont St. Yeah. Anne. Yeah. It was raining. I got up late, didn't do a practice run. And then I just I just went up. I had breakfast in the chairlift on the way up, a Mars bar. <laughs> and, but this bloke afterwards was trying to tell me it was, this trainer bloke was like, I need to train you. And I was like, why? And he was like, what you did there on a Mars bar? You know this. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like yeah. I don't know. I was surprised. <laughs> he was, like, he was yeah, like, all I, I, good. I good like... energy, all sugar. And I was like, whatever, mate. But I got third and then and then kind of it took off from there, you know. So <laughs> it took off from there. Yeah, it did a bit. Yeah, Man, that is <laughs> so <laughs> like, what were you thinking when you like you show up to the most professional race series in the world in mountain biking and you're like, ah, don't really want to set an alarm. Like, like wouldn't set an alarm. <laughs> I won't set an alarm now. <laughs> but like, like, did you ever think maybe I'm sure people had this because we've talked about this. Like, I'm sure people were like, oh, Rob. Like that trainer, Rob, if you just set an alarm, if you just eat yeah. some breakfast. Yeah, but you see, it was wet and muddy. And I, I knew that I couldn't be bothered to do a practice run and, or, and clean up and what have you. So that was <laughs> it. I just went, I went in hot. But yeah, I was at a, you know, the, I didn't have a mechanic. I didn't have any spares. The bike was wrecked by this point, remember. I had one, me and the bike probably only had one run in us, really. I mean, it was fun. It was, it was different to what it is now. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. Was, it was 1993. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was yeah. literally what, two decades do ago. Do you remember like your favorite moment from that era? Like, 
getting into a rough, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, the best thing about that era, without a doubt, was Sean Palmer getting into mountain biking. And because I knew, so it's funny, I had no idea that Sean Palmer was a mountain biker. I knew him from watching the X Games. Like, he won border cross gold medal. Oh. He was, he qualified for a supercross. But the, even, but that actually came after oh, his mountain really? bike career, I believe. Uh, Before that, he was one of the world's boss biggest snowboarders first time i went snowboarding in 96 i remember no 86 i was 86 okay and i went in a snowboard shop in 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 austria and he had the in the bloke i remember going to, i didn't have any gear i turned up i needed a board trousers everything <laughs> and on the video on the in the shop they had the innsbruck big air competition which was a massive yeah okay massive competition and they this bloke was like have you seen this he goes, watch this. And it was Palmer, and he unclipped his back foot. I remember. And he took off, he and then he did, that. like, I don't know, whatever yeah, it was. Sure. And, the, and one uh -huh. leg's out, not uh -huh. even clipped in the board, and he put his back foot on and landed it. And then, of course, it was him on the podium. Yeah. Topless, <laughs> across his belly, the yeah, board above right. his head. And then he came a mountain bike, oh and we were hanging out with him. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and those were wild, the huh? best years so was that probably early? of my life? Did you did you meet him early? So he, he first, his first race was Panticosa in Spain, and I reckon it was it was probably ninety five because Petey got second and didn't Steve Pete come second? Yep. But I remember that he didn't do his helmet up. <laughs> so that, all the videos, he's just, he's just ben, facing a well guys, cut with his helmet I under. I feel like every story I hear, like, in what world? <laughs> yeah. so, so he was big news instantly, Pete, after his second, and everyone talking about him not doing his helmet up for his race. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he got to know Palm, actually. They went out drinking that night, and I got to know Palm later that year in Cairns, Australia, at the yeah. World Championships, and I hung out. And then, you know, and then we all, the, the group, Grew yeah, after that, that Randy were, Lawrence. Yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because you guys all, like, you know, Steve Pete went on to be one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. 17 World Cup yeah. wins. Third, third greatest World Cup racer of all time. Most successful after Gwyn and Minard. Yeah. And then, yeah, like Randy Lawrence. I knew Randy Lawrence from... Jeremy McGrath. The Supercross riders, mechanics. Right. And through him, I got to meet Jeremy McGrath, which, let's be honest, beats anything <laughs> in life, hands down. Yeah, that is actually true. <laughs> I hung out in Jeremy McGrath's hotel room, just me and him. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I Paris like Supercross. That, I feel like that is some that's going to be... But, okay, so there's too many there's too many different stories we could tell but yeah i mean you guys were like three musketeers always together running wild running wild is the word yeah you know there's there's so many there's, we did so much stuff together and honestly i just don't off the top of my head, I can't think of anything yeah, that isn't right. too hot, okay. too hot to handle okay. for a podcast. Like you know, like yeah, most of it was breaking the law or breaking the rules and being. We were bad, but we had a great time doing it. I we were, we were mischievous. Say, we yeah. were. We were just naughty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't yeah. bad. It's people. all in the name of fun. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, no, we, okay. had a, we had an amazing time. I have I have a question for you because I know you've been, this was the thing that was bolded on the list that you wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, what is it? <laughs> you won a World oh Cup. Oh my God, I knew it. I knew you were going to bring this. I did, I did, I did. Shall we go into it again? Yeah. Wanna, I, anyone I, who I hasn't heard this? Yeah, yeah, you've got 1996, your 1996, Caprone. They recently, I, was, I actually went back there this summer because we were close by to, to revisit the bronze statue. But they've taken wait, it down. Wait, what do you mean? So in, in 96, I won it. In 97, apparently, I've never seen it. They erected a massive bronze statue of me. Of you? Of me. Who the, told you that? It's just folklore. <laughs> oh but anyway, it's not there now. Okay. But that okay. day in 96, yeah. Apparently, it was, I was holding an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think when you were like, what did it feel like to stand on top of the podium? Because I feel like... Um, it was a bit It was a bit weird because it rained uh, is the truth of uh, it. Okay. But I still won a World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... The the, the 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 story was like is that, that that you know I was racing all the World Cups and obviously to win one is the pinnacle of any sport in it it's as good as you can yep. do and it was my first year on Giant in 1996 and I hadn't had much of a season 
actually partly because we didn't even have a downhill bike. I was on a cross-country bike, an ATX 990. Which but then, has way less suspension. It's not not made for the, the sport at all. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I think I did all right on it. I had a 14th yeah. Vincent Anne. And I was pretty happy with that. Anyway, but I was thinking, I'm going to lose my ride here. And I'm, it wasn't anything but the fact I was having such a good time partying with Palmer and drinking and just being a waster really at the races that I knew that that would end if I didn't at least get a result so I was up it was towards the end of the season I was up it against it a bit and in qualifying I did all right I pedaled got down halfway and there was this massive flat section off the end of what was called pinball alley this high speed uh. and and I came out of there at probably 45 mile an hour and I tucked and I went across this flat field before it dropped down at the finish and the, I didn't know this but the team manager was there and obviously the one rule I had about downhill was I would not pedal. Why should I pedal? It's downhill racing. Okay. Like, what are you on about? <laughs> and back then it was all pedaling, yeah, right? And this yeah, track yeah. was the most pedally track in the world. <laughs> so I was already defeated really before yeah. I started. And he watched me tuck, uh, make myself aerodynamic yeah. and roll to almost a complete stop. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought you were going to say you, no. he had a speed gun. No, it got I got so slow that if I hadn't started pedaling it was even going to be it was going to be a real effort to try and get back up to speed. Like I almost stopped and then I started I was like, "Oh god, you better pedal here." So at the bottom he was like, "Rap." I was like, "Johan, uh you were uh, you didn't pedal." And I was like, "No, nah, I don't I tend not to." <laughs> But you lost, uh, I timed you, you lost around 50 seconds there. 50? Yeah. It was Five a big hurdle. Yeah, the track was seven and a half minutes. <laughs> 50, yeah. So I worked out that I was 50 seconds off. Well, normally, off the just so everyone knows, normally you're going after like tenths. <laughs> no, this is back in the day. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But the tracks weren't seven and a half minutes long then. They were, they're a third of that now. Uh, they really are. They're two, two and a half, aren't they? Three tops. So I looked at the scores and I was like, times, and I was like, 50 seconds would have put me first. So I was like, if I did actually lose it on the pedal, and this is, I can do this sometimes. In my messed up head, I've somehow worked out and kidded myself that I could win. And uh, this is private in my head. I wasn't saying this to anyone. This is me motivating myself, right? right? Okay, yeah, okay, this okay. Is, I see, I 20 see. years later, I feel comfortable enough to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and obviously, I hadn't, it was dry at the time. And this and I went down. And I went down before, pretty early, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went down pretty early. And I and the truth is I sprinted everywhere at the top on the fire roads. And I've never cornered corners like that. I was coming out of turns and bike was still cranked right over and I was getting on the pedals because I knew the time. I knew I couldn't pedal down the straights, but I knew if I pedaled out the turns, I could get up to speed and then tuck, and that's what I did. And I no brake the pinball section. And I came out where I'd pedaled, rolled to a stop the day before and I sprinted. I sprinted wow. all the way across oh, the top. Nice. And then I dropped into the finish down and finish area. And it was quite quite a lot of commotion because I'd beat the winning time of the day so far. Yeah. And I'd beaten the qualifying time, right. which was important to me okay. the day before. Yeah. But I was so hurting and out of breath that I was fighting through people, basically having a panic attack, like, because <laughs> <laughs> my body was not used to it. And I burst out the back and I pedaled down the road. I knew I needed to keep pedaling or I was felt like I was going to have a heart attack. I'd never pedaled that. 20 minutes went by, I went back up there and they were like, you're still in the lead. Then it started raining. No way. <laughs> and I was like, ah, well, this might work out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the job turned out to be a good one and I did win a World Cup. And I would say, in my defence, that I was so upset with everyone saying, we only won because it rained, which was true, that the year after... That winter, I did train. Yeah. It's probably the only winter I actually trained uh -huh. properly. I was livid. I cut the, all the articles where it said it had rained and all the quotes from people I cut out. No, and you I, did not. Yeah, out of the magazines. Out of the magazines. And I took them to the races with me. And before a race run in, two, in 97, I would pull those bits of paper out and it would be like, well, the for, fortunate Rob Warner. And I'd be like, right, I ain't going to be fortunate today. And I'd be, it would light me up. No was, way. Yeah, and Palmer said that he really liked me because I was so angry. He read it. This is when he met me, I think, 97. And he said, yeah, you were so angry in that fucking interview, man. I knew you were a good dude. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, it rained. And that's how I got, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And then and then in 97, I did get on five of seven World Cup wow. podiums. I went into the wow. World Cup finals in Caproon second. No way. Number yeah. two plate. I've got it at home. No BS. I'd had a hell of a season. The night before, I went to the bar. And I'd had a big crash in practice as well. A big, I had no skin on my body and I drank till five and at seven, yeah, I kicked my foot. Big day, Rob. 
big day World Cup finals. Let's get that trophy. And I was like, <laughs> and I raced and came, I think, 55th. Oh, my God. Dropped to sixth overall in the World Cup. Oh, no. Yeah, with a bad hangover. Off the podium. And, and they left me there. Oh. I got left in the field. Like, no. the team packed up and didn't this run me back like to the hotel. Movie. They were so disgusted they drove oh, off. And you know what? I don't blame them. Yeah, fair enough. It was funny. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I blew it massively. But I, to this day, I couldn't care less. Yeah. I, I, like, I had my results. You did, yeah, you did care. what you, you came to do. You did the job. I mean, you didn't quite do the job, but you you well, did the job that you wanted to kinda, do. Kind of. And yeah. then that was it, really. No, actually, 97... It was really the last year I ever went really fast on a mountain bike. Because I did get all them podiums and I was like, right, I've done yeah, this. I've ticked yeah, that yeah, box yeah. and I'm ready for something else here. But the money's too good. So I'm going to hang around a bit and hang around till 2006, man. <laughs> My God, when I quit racing and started commentating. Hey, everyone. This is Richard Deitch and I host the sports media, the Richard Deitch podcast. What can you expect in this podcast? Well, each week I'll have interviews and in-depth conversations with the people who bring you the sports you love, as well as roundtables with sports media reporters about television, digital, audio, radio, print, and other forms of media. If you are interested in sports broadcasting and how you watch, listen, and read about the games you love, listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, well, it's funny because we, uh, <laughs> you, earlier in the in the season of, of Just Ride, we were interviewing Brett Reader and we were talking about the transition. And you you said, yeah, I hung around for 10 years. I did what? <laughs> you hung around for 10 yeah, years. that's right. And I didn't yeah, nine, really that's believe it. you. Oh, no. <laughs> and I, you know, I'd get the odd result, but not often. And then that was, and then that led And also, theater. in that, that state, that part of my career... I did go off the rails. Yeah. Because I was only yeah, there. Right. I was unhappy at I the races. I don't want to know what off the rails is. Drinking, yeah, partying, yeah, no interest yeah, in riding a yeah. bike. But that court and that and the, obviously hanging with Palm and Randy and all this scene we had, we were big names and we got away with it. Yeah. By, look, we didn't almost. Who came to you and said you should do commentary? How did that happen? So, so in 96, at the first world, 97, excuse me, the first World Cup of the year, I had a tickly cough. And I bought some cough medicine. What? No, no, no. Who got you into commentary? Okay. Well, I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Do you mean, all right, let's no. forget that. All right. So who got me in a commentary? So in 19... Well, in 96, I might as well just tell this bit. The first World Cup of the year, I had a tickly cough. And on the Saturday, I couldn't deal with it anymore the day before the race. And I was sipping this bottle of cough medicine all day. And by, the, by four o'clock, I'd done the whole thing. And I was hallucinating. And I ended up talking to a fish tank in a restaurant. Martin Whiteley had to come and pull me away from it. He was like, what's going on here? And I was like, I don't feel good. I was, I was, I think I was seeing things. And then the next, and then we, then we parted. I ended up, I had long hair. That night, Kathy Sessler cut my hair to a, to a great These are all the team managers. Yeah, team manager cut my hair. I was so out of it. And then the next day I was, I drank and I was on my hands and knees and I vomited at the start of the World Cup. Didn't qualify. And that was it. I never went back to another World Cup. And then luckily, Red Bull got in touch and said, we want you as a, as to, to co-host Red Bull X Fighters, they, I'd done a bit of TV stuff as a rider being ah, interviewed, and they, they thought I was all right. No and would I do way. it with James Cracknell, the Olympic rower? And this is X Fighters was the freestyle motocross stuff. Yep, and that's how I got into that. Really? And then at the Madrid party, I met a bloke huh. called Raymond Delu, who was a genius who owned Freecaster. Uh -huh. And he, at the party, just one of these dudes, he was there watching it, and he goes, Hey, you're a TV presenter. And I was like, Yeah. Thinking, I'm sure blagging can. it, yeah. And he goes, ah, I have just bought the mountain bike rights. You can, uh, you can do it if you want. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, commentary. Long story short, I met a bloke at the airport at the start of 98 to go to the first World Cup as a commentator. He gets in the car. I goes, all right, mate, I ain't got a clue what I'm doing. You're a professional TV host commentator. And he goes, no, you are. And, I, and Raymond, like literally, I was a co-host with Ed Lee. I didn't know how to front anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So eight pints in, I went into that first commentary. Absolutely. <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> but you say about doing the work yeah, and yeah, that work yeah, ethic. Yeah. I made, uh, for that very first World yeah. Cup, I had a note on each rider. Yeah. And that was how I, so I learned my own way of doing commentary notes. My, I found my own way into it. Huh. And I did get help later on. Yeah, yeah. But at yeah. the beginning, it was raw. It was drunk. That it is was loud. It was so a mess. <laughs> wild. Yeah. That's so and it was a year wild. later, at the end of that first year, because I didn't see Raymond much. 
he didn't come to the most of the races. <laughs> he he found out. He said, ah, "I did not know you were a mountain bike racer." And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> just a bit, mate. You thought I was a TV host. I had, no wonder you've wondered why I had no idea what I was doing." <laughs> But the feedback to that first commentary in Slovenia, in Maribor, I said things like, oh, my God, she's a mobile chicane. And, you know, the, the, the one-liners started <laughs> yeah, coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, that, and, it, and it went off. Yeah. And, and that was it. That was the catalyst no to me way. being a commentator. That yeah, that's so how it went. wild. Yeah. Oh, that's so Good wild. fun, eh? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. super, super and, cool. And now did you then, how did you get into, I can't remember how we started commentating together. <sighs> I remember meeting you at the first mountain bike race. We've talked about that. Yep. And then your career Well, okay, so wasn't so long right in downhill. It was it was it was a it was an interesting one because like I I used to race motocross. That's right. So like Team both, Green, Kawasaki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time in America. He doesn't like to talk about it too much, <laughs> but off air he'll tell you that he's best mates with Ryan Villapunk, <laughs> James Stewart, okay. you name it, the Duns. He's raced them all, right? So just okay, get this okay, there. Okay. Elliot is a top flight motocross <laughs> yeah. racer. Or what? When it won't go that far. But <laughs> I feel like my claim to fame dropped out of middle school, dropped out of sixth grade because we, yeah, we, were, we were racing so much. And then, you know, did all my schooling and stuff like that. And then I got into mountain bikes a bit later because I was watching some one of the um, one of the videos. And I was just like, that looks amazing. Like, I want to go and, and do this. I was listening to Freecaster. This was probably 08. And so it was like around that Sam, Sam Hill who was like fastest guy on a mountain oh, bike. Oh, wasn't he? He was. He, he took his brain out to race yeah, at that yeah, moment in that his career. He was a lunatic. A lunatic. Yeah. And he had this amazing run. Like you were commentating, and I was just like, I want to go there. And so, in one year, I was talking to my mom, and I was like, I don't really know what to do. Got my first bike. The way that you get to the World Cups, at least in America, is you need your pro license. And so I went to this race called Sea Otter, kind of big festival. Won, won the race, and I remember a dude Did saying... Did the downhill? Yeah, but it was in the expert class, so you needed, yeah, like, yeah, expert yeah. points to get your pro license. And I remember gotcha. the dude in second was like, man, you're sandbagging a little bit. I was like, <laughs> if I didn't win, you would have won. Like, what do you mean? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so then, like, got my points, traveled around with my mom to try to get my pro license, or sorry, to get my UCI points. So after you get your, your pro card, you need UCI points to go to the World Cups. And... um Went around, it was just me and her, you know, I was whatever, 19 or whatever at the time, went to national championships, qualified fifth, and it was like, great, all I need is a top 20, I'm in, crashed in the finals, and I was like devastated, but I had read the rule book like a million times, so I knew like you could get on a national team and wear a national jersey, talk to the commissaire, he was like, ah, like a lot of people want to go to this Wyndham race, the first one in the US in a long time. And I was like, well, what about Italy? Italy, and he's like, well, Italy's next week. I was like, no problem. So flew back, we were in Colorado. I had went with my friends, flew back to California, got my brother and my mom. We flew to Italy, it was my first time out of the country. Had no idea what jet lag was. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, I'm pretty tired. Like, I think I'll just sleep. Woke up like 3 a.m. Me and my brother walked up and down the track like three times because who Just knew? Just wear yourselves Yeah, out. like who knew? <laughs> and uh, we didn't have anything. I brought like a little bag of tools. Like I had a multi-tool, no spare parts because who knew? You didn't, yeah. I mean, right. why not? You didn't even know you had any, really. That's right. <laughs> and so we had, uh, we had, I would literally like go to the pits, flip my bike upside down behind like the specialized rig or whatever in qualifying. I, I was trying this gap. There was like a gap at the top of the track, cased it, derailleur broke off, chain guide broke off, everything. And I was like, I remember thinking, man, I just flew all the way to Italy yeah. and I'm not going to qualify or whatever. And I was like, you know what? Just like lay off the brakes. And it was about a sole and uh, you don't really need to pedal that much. No, that's right. Yeah. And so I like came down the track qualified 75th or something like Top that eight, so and you was, were in, yeah, yeah i was in and it was like a big deal because not that many americans qual like were no to make it to finals as you say and, and at this point in time there was a real there was a real lack of americans right yeah it was, yeah, yeah it was there hadn't been any since the heyday of mountain biking right. in the early 90s totally yeah you invented like, it and then disappeared yeah, <laughs> we know solved it checkbox <laughs> um yeah it was probably literally in that race americans in the final it was me, like Aaron Gwynn, who was one of the best of all time. 
and maybe two or three others. And so everyone was kind of like, who is this dude or whatever, you know, where'd he come from? And then like did the finals and didn't do much better because I had had the run of my life with no chain. Like got like 60 something and then ended up getting that Yeti ride the next year. No way. And it kind of like all started from there, ended up like, you know, going to a couple of other races that same year. But it's funny, like looking back, because if a kid came up to me and was like, yeah, I don't have my pro license yet, but. I'm going to qualify for a World Cup later this year. I would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Yeah." But yeah, it's just funny, like naive, like ignorance is bliss, you know? So I ended up, that was like how I got into it. Had like a pretty, pretty good career. Like probably could have done better, but I feel like half of the time I was kind of like, I just want to travel and have fun. Oh, yeah, that's right. There is that element, especially when you're younger. Yeah. I don't know. Totally, totally. The hard thing, I think, about being a professional, to me, about being a professional mountain bike rider is, like, you're only a kid. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, what you've done for fun becomes loaded with immense... It becomes loaded with money, which is great, but it does become loaded with a lot of pressure. And that made me desperately unhappy actually <laughs> it did it was all right when i was winning but then once yeah. i done the well, pressure the, it's pressure i remember the i remember the thing that one of the moments that was like good and bad was uh crankworks like that mountain bike festival a bunch of the top riders were there so like loic who we we just had on the show uh he was there we had g atherton who's a world championship who's a world champion sam hill like all these top riders and i got second it was my first like big international podium. Walked off the podium and I was like, man, like kind of feel the same as I did before. Like what, yeah. you know, like what's kind of the thing. And I remember yeah. that was like a weird moment. And it took me like probably a year or so to like figure out why I wanted to do it again. Yeah. And yeah, and, yeah. And after I figured it out, like started doing good, got some top 10s, top 15s and stuff at the World Cups. Um, Which is amazing. Yeah, but it was... Uh, yeah, like sports just is so wild. Like you have these amazing high moments and then like these amazing low moments. Like Yeah, yeah, that's right. Isn't that why we do it though? Yeah. They, to me, right, there's nothing comes close. And that's either watching it actually a lot of the time or doing it. Yeah. But nothing brings emotion to me like sport yeah that's it yeah, like yeah, yeah. watching sure. people compete or totally. actually doing it myself yeah i don't care but I, I really love sport it's funny you say that because like i would have never thought that um i would feel that emotion on the other side of the tape like no that's right exactly and isn't it bloody nice yeah you do yeah like yeah, to yeah, me yeah, for sure commentate uh-huh. It's almost a blueprint. It's a nicer bru- blueprint, actually, yeah. than when I was racing. The, you know, if you put the days next to each other, yeah. it starts with that massive pressure. Yeah. You wake up early. I must admit, as I've done more commentaries and presenting, it's the pressures, you know, it, it's not It's not as intoxicating. Uh-huh. It's completely overpowering as being a World Cup racer. That, yeah, that's yeah. a hell of a pressure. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. But it, it, there's a pressure there. Yeah. And, then, and then, you know, you do your prep. So you've done your practice. You know, and then it's race day. Yeah. You're on the yeah, line, yeah. but you're in a commentary box. Uh-huh. But, you know, you've got to respect each one of those riders. Yeah. You've got to give it the best commentary you can. Totally. And that, to release that energy during a commentary. And, a, you know, by the time we get to the top 10, we are flying. We yeah. are in tune. We're zoned uh-huh. in. We aren't, we're not thinking. We're just talking, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like sure. we're going. It's it's usually exciting by this point. And that is every bit as good as a race run yeah, for me. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, I think that it... It was really interesting that um, I, that performance of racing, like racing downhill, doing sport, uh, where it's like there's this one moment in time where you have to be on, you know, you come out of the starting gate or whatever. And uh, it took me a couple of years, like what, there was a two year gap, two or three year, two or three year gap before I started commentating. And that exactly what you're describing was the thing that I love so much about it was like, all right, you're live, yeah. you're on, be on. Yeah, and be on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, we get we get 20 shots at being good or 30 shots at being good as opposed yeah. to one when you're racing, I suppose. Yeah. On the other hand, all them 30, you've got to be good. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Totally. It's a, it's a, different, it's a different thing 
But to me personally, probably more rewarding. I, you know, mountain biking had its challenges to me as I am as a person. And I feel like the way I am lends itself much better to being a <laughs> I love the research. I love all that shit. It's yeah. much better for me. It's yeah. much better. I like it. I enjoy all the prep. I enjoy the pressure. I enjoy the delivery. Yeah. I enjoy the feeling afterwards when it's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. it's when the race has been amazing, the not race, us. Yeah, you know I know I mean? exactly what you yeah. mean. So, I mean, this year we got to do podcast. Yeah. And I, I will just let everyone know that I had to just – twist your arm oh and everything oh i was like rob we got to do a podcast like we have to do it and then luckily you know red bull came and they were like rob we got to do a podcast but yeah like what did you think of what did you think of this what did you think of the podcast this uh <laughs> <I'd love> to- <laughs> I know. can't wait again here and do another one because there's so much interest in meeting these yeah. people. And yeah, that's yeah, actually yeah. what I like about yeah. it. You know, and we have a weird way of doing it, uh-huh. maybe compared to a lot of people in that. Yeah. Like, well, this started because I was so not wanting to do it. <laughs> I wouldn't put any prep in. And I was like, right, I'm just going to turn up then. <laughs> and we actually ran with that approach. And it does work quite well because you do structure it and you do, you find out some stuff. And then I just basically. Well, it's, up. well, you know, yeah. it's, it's, we switch roles for Yeah, this, that's right. right? Like exactly, you, exactly. Which was a conscious thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's funny. It's an interesting. It's an interesting one to play the expert because you uh, it's good like fun. yeah little, little, like it's your job to be curious and it's the other per- it's the host's job to kind of move the show along. Um, do you have a favorite guest? You have a favorite moment? Like uh, who's? Or- do you know what? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna like it's it's probably. Just because he's a mega star, let's be honest. <laughs> but to get to chat to Tom Pitcock, yeah, okay. who we've, who we've, come, you know, well, I, you haven't commentated on him actually. No, no. It's not, but I've commentated him on cross country a yeah. lot. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Some of them, right, them uh-huh. wins. I never met him. <laughs> yeah. And he's British. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and we is. got him on the podcast. But the best thing was that, like, on the podcast, he was uh-huh. like talking about doing a bit of downhill. One yeah. Of them, like, yeah, you can do downhill, Tom. Yeah, sure. Actually, I think he probably can. Yeah, I think so. Of course, too. he can. And then about an hour later, I get a load of Instagram messages of clips of downhill from Leger because we decided Leger was probably the, uh-huh. the nicest one for him to have a go at. And uh-huh. he was like, looks a bit wild. So that, that, well, I, I texted you, didn't I? I yeah. Like, ah. Tom Pidcock been in touch, has he? Just messaged me. Yeah. I didn't want to say it at the time, but I was pretty jealous that, you know, you now you and Tom Pidcock were just, you know, friends, you know. Top, tight. You know, tight. tight. And then next thing you know, I'm walking through the airport oh. and uh, I see Greg Menar, greatest mountain bike downhill rider of all time. We start chatting. Here comes Tom Pitcock. Wow. And, uh, you know, the three of us sit down. We're talking, whatever. Greg goes to his flight. Me and Tom, we just catch up for about an hour. You didn't no. choke. <laughs> Pressure didn't get to you. You ran it. Unbelievable. He's a lovely bloke, he though, he's, man. He's so cool. He's so cool. I love. Uh, I love how he's dry. He's good banter. He's, yeah, he's super cool. Yeah, super super cool. Yeah, I thought. Um, I thought Luke Rowe was also really interesting. Is he your favorite? He was really interesting, wasn't he? He was that different role. Yeah, in yeah, a, yeah, in yeah. A road team. Totally. Yeah, because. Because I don't, as as big as the Tour de France is, I don't really know much about it, you know? So to kind of get insider's view of it was super cool. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. It was really, really nice. And I love, I mean, I wouldn't say I know loads about it, but I absolutely do watch it every yeah. year. I adore of it. Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. So, yeah. But the guests we've had this year have been, well, thanks to them all. They've been yeah, amazing, they've been all of them. So, absolutely. So, so diverse, so uh-huh. different. If you could if you could have anyone on, who would it, who would it be? Brian Cox. Who's that? The physicist. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to have a chat? That with would be huh? well because I I've been think... working on the Large Hadron Collider. <laughs> you know it's last you decade. know it's funny. So that, like you joke, but when we did um, when we did Emily Chappelle, like we that was that was so interesting because she is this academic but also a cyclist, and I think there is a lot of crossover between just cyclists people who bike in general, right? Like it's kind of the premise of the show is like everyone bikes in their own way. You can explore so many different ways of riding, but I think you'd be surprised like how many people and business people, you know, academics, just normal people ride a bike. Well, and also, you know, how many, yeah, like how many different people from different walks of life? A lot of people ride bikes, right? I'm going to throw it out there. 
If you're well known, if you're famous, <laughs> if you're the lead singer at a Foo Fighters, because <laughs> and you ride a mountain bike, just get in touch. Just drop me or Elliot a DM, and yeah. uh, we'll arrange it. We'll have you on next series. We would love to have you. But yeah. it's true, you know, yeah. like yeah. know that a lot of these pop stars yeah. and rock stars and that will go mountain bike. Liam yeah. Gallagher lived not that far from me. No, yeah, three or four way. years yeah. ago, he moved just outside of Redden, and his. My mechanic rung me. He was in the bike shop well, buying a mountain bike. And you, I was like, you need to hook this up. Never heard anything. You know um, you know the band Hoopastank? No. Okay. They're like a, a big rock band in America. I don't – who was that guy you were talking about in the um, in the UK? Robbie Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Elliot doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my so anyway, God. They're like the that. Lives <laughs> in our life for anonymity. <laughs> they're like that. And it was so funny. I was out on a mountain bike ride, and I was riding up um, – I was riding up. It was like me and a couple friends and talking to this dude. And and uh, I was like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm in a band. And he was like, yeah, I got to travel a little bit. And I was like, oh, no way. And he's like, yeah, I got to go to Australia and then New Zealand for the tour. I was like, oh, like, no way. Like, <laughs> what fair what? play. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm the drummer. I was like, oh, like, what band is he? He said, Hoobastank. And oh I was like, God. what? It's like a global superstar like, no you know way. what I mean like yeah, played it. it yeah 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 and we all just riding up the hill together that's just right riding exactly. bikes you know so great to get some of those people yeah. <laughs> we don't know who you are so you got you need to reach out right. <laughs> what is it Robbie Williams uh, hit us up yeah yeah Robbie might I think his Netflix series are probably seeming David speed. Beckham as well as I heard is yeah. it <laughs> no yeah. I'm just kidding <laughs> that's a good series <laughs> but yeah no amazing isn't it absolutely amazing yeah well there we have it. That's uh, the end of season one of Just Ride. A wave, a massive wave of sadness just came over me. I, know. I don't know if I'll get out of here without a tear. Because <laughs> I've loved it. It's been Against all odds, it's been an amazing series to, you know, to have access to people that normally wouldn't. Oh, yeah. To get to get to ask these incredible people, you know, what makes them tick and yeah. to find out about what they do. I've loved it. I have, and I didn't, like you said, at the start of the series, it's the <laughs> last thing I wanted to do. I know. And I hope that you guys have loved it too. Make sure you hit us up, podcast at redbull.com with feedback, suggestions, what yeah. you loved, what you hated, what you want to see. Back. We'll be back in yeah, 2024. We will, yeah. And all the episodes from this year, all 12 of them, are up on redbull.com and Red Bull TV if you want to watch, listen to any of them. But, but Elliot, it has been eye-opening. Uh, it's been awesome. It's been, yeah, it's been podcasting. <laughs> we'll see you in 2024. Can't yeah. wait. Thank you very much.